things. This is the central nervous system funneling, collating, and sharing the unimaginable quantities of imagery and electronic information collected by Air Force drones and reconnaissance planes, ISR for Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance, around the globe. In theory, anyone in any part of the DCGS has access to any information that has been fed into the system wherever they are. Thus it was that the images captured by the Predator were being watched at Hurlbert by a dedicated team, a mini-bureaucracy of young men and women, each with specialized tasks. In overall charge was an Intelligence Tactical Coordinator, ITC, supervising two screeners. The chief screener, a civilian on contract from SAIC, a major defense corporation heavily involved in drone operations, outranked the second screener, a junior Air Force officer who happened to be her husband. Also present were two full-motion video analysts, FMVs. While one FMV watched the screen, the other typed products, conclusions drawn from the imagery, which were then passed to the screeners for onward transmission via a system known as Internet Relay Chat to the Mission Intelligence Coordinator sitting in his trailer in Nevada. A geospatial analyst tasked with generating relevant geographical information for the other analysts made up the complement. The video had still more destinations. Special operations, born in World War II as a term for agents sent behind enemy lines to train and lead friendly guerrillas, had by the 21st century ballooned into a 66,000-strong branch of the U.S. military with an inevitably complex command arrangement. The little raiding party in Uruzgan that night was under the supervision of a special operations task force headquartered in Kandahar, which was naturally in receipt of the ubiquitous video, along with the written messages streaming back and forth between Nevada and Florida. Kandahar, in turn, answered to Combined Special Operations Task Force headquarters at Bagram, outside Kabul, where the video was also screening. The ultimate beneficiary of all these complex arrangements was a sergeant attached to the raiding party. Known as a Joint Terminal Attack Controller, he was responsible for communicating via radio with any and all air support, including the Predator, and relaying orders and intelligence to and from the young captain commanding the party. Calling himself Jaguar 25, the sergeant was the force's only link with the team in Nevada, which in turn was the sole link with the screeners in Florida. Almost as soon as the raiding party disembarked from their helicopters shortly after midnight, Someone out in the darkness had switched on a handheld radio and broadcast a general call to arms. They are here, he said. Let us get all the Mujahideen together and defend this place. It was a simple, uncomplicated exhortation addressed to no one in particular and audible to anyone with a radio, utterly unlike the assorted esoteric systems employed by the U.S. forces. Americans listening in were bemused by their enemies' unconcern for eavesdropping, and indeed the Taliban summons, if that was what it was, was overheard by a host of U.S. military intelligence posts on the ground and in the air. Accordingly, the word was passed to look out for enemy reinforcements. Two vehicles in tandem, the pickup and one SUV, lumbering into the area easily fit that picture, and suspicions hardened when they and another SUV flashed lights at each other before continuing on together in the direction of the patrol as it waited for daylight. 4.15 a.m. Mission Intelligence Controller. See if you can zoom in on that guy, because he's like, uh, Pilot. What did he just leave there? Is that a fucking rifle? Sensor. 
Maybe just a warm spot from where he's been sitting. Pilot. I was hoping we could make a rifle out. Never mind. Censor. The only way I've ever been able to see a rifle is if they move them around when they're holding them, with muzzle flashes out or slinging them across their shoulders. Drone operators are not in immediate contact with the real world, literally, thanks to the phenomenon known as latency, a reference to the time it takes for information to make its way from the drone to a satellite 22,000 miles up in space, down again to a ground station in Rammstein, Germany, switching to a fiber-optic cable through which it travels across Western Europe, the Atlantic Ocean, and the continental United States, before reaching Nevada and the screen in the pilot's trailer. As the electronic pulses are split, reunited, and buffered for assembly into packages pending their dispatch to the next way station, microsecond delays steadily accumulate. It means that the scene on the pilot's screen is out of date, usually two seconds.